Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Can the 49ers win the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the field? Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Those aren't my words. That's the words of former NFL MVP Cam Newton Perloff. Good morning. I'm I'm sure you saw these quotes from Cam Newton. Says that Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the 49ers. Now, did admit he's playing great, he's on a heater, Mm -hmm. but said that he is the 10th best player. So if he plays like the 10th best player on the 49ers, can they win this game against the Chiefs? Of course, and I'm assuming you think they can because you've been saying all along that Brock Purdy's quote-unquote MVP case has been driven by the fact that he has so many weapons around (laughs) him that are carrying him. Uh, Absolutely he can win. If the Niners' defense actually wakes up and plays like the Niners' defense and Christian McCaffrey runs the ball, he could be the 20th best player in the Niners to win this game. You do not need Brock Purdy to be elite to win this game. And I, I'm not sure if they do need Brock Purdy to be elite, and I'm a big Brock Purdy fan, yeah. that's not an ideal game situation. Well, okay. Well, first, let's hear the Cam Newton quotes, shall yeah. we? Let's get everybody up to speed on what we're talking about. Cam Newton says... Well, this he said Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on the 49ers. This is courtesy of his fourth and one podcast. If you really want to just be honest, if you add in a defensive talent and you add in an offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. And I don't think anyone would necessarily disagree with that. But in the last two games against the Green Bay Packers, we're pretty to put together an all-time drive at the end of that game in the rain to win that game. It, the ball's in Purdy's hands where he has to go down and win the football game. So he has to be better than the 10th best player on that drive. And then I would say in the second half against the Detroit Lions, yes, the Lions had some bad breaks, maybe helped San Francisco out in their comeback but Purdy's legs are what kept the game alive. I mean, at that point, he has to be better than the 10th best player on the team. And he's got to be better than the 10th best player in the Super Bowl if they're going to win. He has to be. Yeah, but I mean, for example, the scrambles. Like, yeah. Does that mean, because you can make a 12-yard scramble, does that mean you're better than Debo Samuel? Because <laughs> every quarterback, a lot of quarterbacks yes. could do that. So it, I, I think, I actually, I'm a big Purdy fan, and I don't necessarily disagree, but I think it's a... Uh, a little silly to compare Dre Greenlaw and Brock Purdy. Quarterback is just a different position. You almost shouldn't be comparing them against anybody. No, I do not think Brock Purdy has to be outstanding to win the Super Bowl at all. 
And here is all you need to know. It's Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes, and the Niners are two-point favorites. So clearly, the way Vegas looks at this game is the quarterback comparison is almost irrelevant because we know the Niners have a lot more going on than the quarterback, right? I mean, that's the way people are viewing the game. No doubt, but the last two playoff games... We've seen Purdy have to take his game to another level, whether it was the drive against the Packers, I said, whether it was using his legs and finding guys in the second half. If he plays like the 10th best player from the first quarter all the way through the double, you know, triple zeros on the clock, they're not going to win. He's had to step up his game in the big moments because, let's be honest, in the first half of the Green Bay game, he didn't play well. In the first half of the game against the Detroit Lions, he didn't play well. He's made up for it in the second halves and in the final drives. It's not how I see this game playing out. I, I see uh, if San Francisco could get control early and just put the hammer on with McCaffrey, right. that's all they want to do. They're, I'll bet you the coaching staff, the last thing they want is an elite Brock Purdy game. I think they, they want to not give up big plays on, on defense so they can do what they want to do, which is run the ball and get play action to Purdy. So I, I think that they don't even want him to be. I think they want him to be the 10th best player on the field on next Sunday. I think they want him to downplay. They do not want him throwing it all over the field. It, you're right. It has worked in the fourth quarters. But this 10th best player thing, that's fine with San Francisco. I don't think that anybody has a problem with that. So one other thing that Cam Newton has been talking about, and listen, he's a league MVP. Cam Newton's been to a Super Bowl. I, I think his his you know thoughts on this are extremely valid. He said that Brock Purdy, he did say he's a a game manager, but he said to be a game changer, which he thinks he is, you have to be the best player on offense. Let's hear that. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) You go back through this history of the Super Bowl Perloff. It is really hard to find. You can find it, but it's definitely the exception and not the rule where the team who had the clearly inferior quarterback goes on to win the game. It is really hard. The The rule is if you have the better quarterback, you're winning the game. The mm. exception to the rule is either the two quarterbacks are kind of equal and there's not a big disparity or the other team has an inferior quarterback but like an all-time defense or something that they do extremely well to overcome that. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that's fair because Brady won seven and Mahomes has won two. So, well, I don't think it's a coincidence. But it, uh, just taking one step back, this game change, what does that even mean? Cam Newton is uh, presumably calling himself a game changer, right? He has, yes. Uh, when everything falls apart around you, he wasn't able to change the game against the Broncos. His offensive line was awful against the Broncos, and they're, they're, he was terrible. So he couldn't change anything there. Every quarterback needs the support of everyone around him, whether you're Cam Newton or Brock Purdy. And I'm not sure I totally agree with the, uh, you know, it's been quarterback play in these Super Bowls. I can think of so many Super Bowls where it was the stuff around the quarterback that determined the winner. Uh, give me your examples of of where it's been, except for Brady. I'm If you took all the Brady ones out, I'll bet you it's 50-50. Well, not really. So the, the Super Bowls where the team with the clearly inferior quarterback ended up winning the game. Your 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles against Tom Brady. And that ended up being, that was a great defensive line. Your Philadelphia Eagles, you guys were rotating dudes Tom in Brady and out. Tom Brady had 520 yards <laughs> passing. What do you mean it was a great defensive line? That was. It was, though. That w- 
That was Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. These guys were at the top of their game. That was literally one of the worst defensive performances in Super Bowl history, yardage-wise. It was weird that was, the yardage. <laughs> that was New England's defense fell apart. And well, Okay, anyway, well, give me some more. Nick Foles, clearly the inferior quarterback. You got to give it, uh, I hate to say this, Peyton Manning against Cam Newton was the more inferior quarterback. And Peyton yeah. Manning was at the very end. He had nine touchdowns and 17 picks this year. That's like Jets rookie stats. <laughs> of course. The both Giants Super Bowls. I don't think anyone believes Eli Manning is the better quarterback yeah. against Tom Brady, but 2011, 2007, you had Eli Manning. I would say the 2002 Bucks. You know, Brad Johnson versus Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was had an MVP season that year. I mean, the 2000 Ravens. You know, Trent Dilfer against Kerry Collins. There's really not a huge, you know difference, I think, between the two of them, but the Ravens had an all-time defense. I mean, you go back to 1990, you go Jeff Hostetler against Jim Kelly. You know, that ended up being almost like a Nick Foles situation yeah. because he came in as a backup. For the most part, the the rule is if you have the better quarterback, you are winning this game or you have basically, you know, same quarterback, like but, a Drew Brees versus a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady versus Matt Ryan, you know, th- stuff like that. I'm not buying it because I'm looking at the Super Bowls and I don't see... Quarterback outdueling other quarterback mano a mano. Uh, very uh, last year, Kansas City, Mahomes and Hurts. Hurts was perfect. They're, I mean, Mahomes they were equally perfect. The pick six. Yeah, but I mean, come on, Jalen Hurts can almost could not have had a better game and the fumble. Um, yeah, Hurts was amazing in that game. His stats were incredible. So, and then the one before that was Stafford versus Burrow. There's no quarterback edge there. The one before that was Brady versus Mahomes. So, who was the better quarterback in that one? I mean, that was Mahomes. So that wasn't a quarterback thing. I, I just like I think it's always and then there was a thirteen three New England Rams. That okay, definitely but, what's not the story of quarterback. It was two amazing defenses okay, going but, at it. But Brady was better than Goff. Technically, yes, but that wasn't the story of the game. Nobody came out of that game and said Tom Brady outdueled Jared Goff. That was definitely not it was thirteen to three. Tom Brady didn't outduel anybody. Okay, you uh, you're gonna cherry pick that one. I'm just I telling go down you. all of them. There's no there's very few games. It's there's so much more than just the quarterbacks. It's okay. a, every story of this is rarely about, where just quarterback talent alone is going to determine the Super Bowl. So I don't think it's really, I don't think you can say that, that the better quarterback uh, often wins the Super Bowl because there's just all these cases, it's much more of a team game than okay, that to me. But don't you see that the disparity between these two quarterbacks is not just, oh, a tick here or there. Right. We're talking about Cam Newton saying Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on his own team versus Patrick Mahomes, who is the greatest player of this generation that we're watching right now. Right. This isn't like a small disparity. This is big. And when you have big disparities, it is very rare that the worst quarterback wins the game. Whether it comes down to whatever you think it comes down to. It is so rare. I'm giving you Nick Foles, and I'm giving you a banged-up Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. There, there's not much there when it when yeah. the, when the disparity is this big. Yeah, I mean, but still the Niners are favored because it almost feels somewhat irrelevant. Uh, this, if you wanted this, the mano a mano battle here is not Purdy versus Mahomes. It's McCaffrey versus Pacheco. I mean, honestly, Kansas City just scored 17 points. Where is this? Is not Patrick Mahomes where he's throwing 50 touchdowns. This game is not going to come down to a Mahomes versus Purdy battle. Maybe I'm naive here. It's well, there's going to be we're going to walk away from this game and we're going to be talking about some other unit. I'm going to be honest. You said this about the AFC Championship game, right? And which it, is definitely did not come down to Lamar and Mahomes. Oh, it did. Not a shootout. Definitely not a shootout. But what was the difference in that game? Mahomes 
put it on early, could not miss to Kelsey, was almost perfect to him. And then the second half played a clean game where they sat on a lead and he made no mistakes in game manage, as opposed to Lamar, who couldn't meet the moment. This was an all-time blowing it Lamar game that he's going to have to live with now through the entire offseason. He was completely out of sorts. So they weren't going throw for throw and touchdown for touchdown, but to say it didn't come down to those two quarterbacks, that is not true. You're going to look back at that game and say, oh, that's a Spagnuolo game. You're not going to say that's a Mahomes game. That's one of the worst playoff games Mahomes has ever had. He scored 17 points. I'm just saying, though, did it come down to how the two quarterbacks played? No, that was a a story of Kansas City's defense. That game... I mean, they're going to talk about that game for a long time. But man, do you remember when our D stepped up? No one's going to point to Mahomes as one of his better playoff games. No. He'll, he'll, he'll banish that from his highlight reel. I did not feel like it was Mahomes going mano a mano with Lamar Jackson. I just said they weren't going throw for throw and touchdown for touchdown. But to say that the quarterback wasn't the difference where Mahomes made no mistakes. Yeah, the, 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 the stat line wasn't insane. The second half, they didn't do anything. But he also had no mistakes, no screw-ups, never put his team in a bad spot where Lamar couldn't get anything going. It was definitely Lamar did not meet the moment and Patrick Mahomes did whatever he needed to do to okay, win that game. Okay, but say this was a Super Bowl. Is Patrick Mahomes even winning the MVP of that game? I'm no, not sure. It probably would, would have would, been... They would, would probably give it to him. Maybe, but it would be... Th- I mean, that'd be a great opportunity for a defensive MVP. Because no, probably, probably Kelsey. Kelsey was Kelsey, perfect. Kelsey, given. Eleven. Yeah, I mean... That that was definitely not one of Patrick Mahomes' highlight games. I, I well, this whole I, I season don't... isn't a Patrick Mahomes. This is a different kind of Chiefs team, and but... you praise Mahomes more than I did. I yeah. said I thought they were being too conservative th- in the second half. You thought it was brilliant. I thought he did a Tom Brady. I think he was he was Tom Brady against the Rams, where he's like, okay, I know my defense is winning this game. I'm going to pull back and I'm going to just avoid mistakes. And he said that Mahomes said yeah. as much. And, but I think to say that this wasn't. Which is interesting. So it wasn't him. And honestly, I, I think at the end of this game, I could be totally wrong, but I think we're going to walk away from this Niners-Chiefs game and say, wow, this wasn't about the quarterbacks. It was about something else. Oof. I don't think so. Is, it, is it fair to say, because, yes, Mahomes did pull back the reins in the second half, but you're, I think the question becomes, was he not capable of putting the get foot back on the gas pedal like yeah he totally could have right so then so why take that against him and say well he didn't play well I don't think that that's fair either I don't say he didn't play well but it was definitely he was you know he was not one of the top five players for the Chiefs on Sunday there was I put five defensive guys listen they won the game 17-10 this was not an offensive explosion Mahomes in the second half you point out many times did nothing right but and you just pointed back out to me that's by design Maggie yeah, that no, that's by that. design. But I'm saying, like, that's that's a thing. Like, it was not a quarterback game at all for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. Mm. Which I think the Super Bowl could end up being that way, too, where it could be, hey, this is, like, whoever can establish a run will win the game. Well, but there's a poise aspect to this, too, where yeah. Mahomes had it, had been in the big games before, understood what he needed to do, understood the assignment, and Lamar Jackson did it and was playing in a rushed way that was making bad decisions and got completely out of his game. And so, in a way, I think the game, it was a story of defense, but it was a story of the quarterbacks, and it was Lamar not meeting the moment. To say that Brock Purdy versus Mahomes, that this is not going to be about the quarterbacks, I just can't get there. I I think this will be about the quarterbacks, whether it's the stat line says it at the end or not. There is one quarterback that is the greatest that we're watching in this generation, and there's another that Cam Newton said is the 10th best player on his team. This is unique. This is yeah. a, a very different kind of game. Right, because it's not going to be about the quarterbacks. 
Well, I, is that I, what you mean? No, I'm just saying that there's such a big disparity in the talent level between the two quarterbacks. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that's an oversimplification of this game. I mean, when we break down the game next week, we're not going to be like, well, at the you know, I think Brock Purdy can't make this throw or that throw because the Niners <laughs> are about so much more. They're about handoffs to Debo. They're about handoffs to McCaffrey. They're about finding Travis Kelsey 14 yards down the field, which we know Purdy can do. It's not going to be like, well, he can't scrabble out and throw the ball 70 yards downfield like Mahomes. To me, that's, it's a, a complete oversimplification of what this game is going to be. If the, if the Niners' defense stinks yeah. like they have been stinking and letting up huge run, run games or big quarterback games, then, then it's going to be tough. Uh, honestly, I, I'm pointing to one thing. It's not the quarterback matchup to me. It's the Niners' defense first, and then if the Niners can establish McCaffrey. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? You keep the ball out of his hands. You don't do that by Brock Purdy slinging it all over. You run the ball. So, and by the way, what if they find themselves down fourteen seven? What if they find themselves down twenty four seven? Yeah, then that that stinks for them because they want to play action. This, you know, they want to be able to f- fake the handoff to McCaffrey and hit Ayuk down the field. It's not great. That's what the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to really hope to get an early lead for that very reason. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure everyone wants the early lead, but yes, I you don't always find it. And Purdy overcame it last yeah. week. To say he's not going to be part of the story or that this is not going to be at the quarterbacks, I I think that is just wrong. I, it's always, first of all, it's always a bit about the quarterbacks, but it doesn't have to necessarily be them going throw for throw, but who's going to have the bigger imprint on this game? I mean, it's got to be about the quarterbacks. And again, this is rare. A, t- a two-time MVP versus Mr. Irrelevant, you don't get that kind of thing every day. And you're right. It's interesting that but, the 49ers are favorite in this game, slight favorite, and what's the bet that you put on it and what's the bet that I put on it? I, I'm picking Chiefs. Of course, and I already put my money on the Chiefs as well. So but, even but though that, Vegas said they're the favorite, you and I who do this for a living both looked at this and said there's no chance we're betting against Mahomes again. But it's really not that rare. Uh, you basically have a top 10 pick on one side and miss a seventh round pick on the other. That sounds like pretty much every Super Bowl I've watched <laughs> in the last 20 years. So it's it's not that different. Just because Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, uh, I, I don't see this coming down to the quarterbacks. Otherwise, I think the Chiefs would be favored by seven, not a two-point underdog. Do you want to put that up uh, as a poll question, EJ? Will the Super Bowl... I don't know how you want to do this. Um, will the quarterbacks be the story of the Super Bowl? The, well, the quarterback, quarterback matchup. matchup, yeah. Quarterback matchup. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Yes. Lamar Jackson wasn't that bad in the Chiefs game, by the way. You're saying like he complete, he had one pick, which was a mistake, and he had a fumble early in the game. It wasn't like it was an all-time stinker by Lamar. I oh, might have awful. He oh, my awful. God. He was definitely not awful. They, uh... There was so much going on in that game. He, he had 300 passing yards and 55. He was a, the only runner and the only – he was everything for the Ravens. It wasn't it wasn't four picks like Brock Purdy in the game. That, that to me, was not an all – he was awful. You really think he was awful in that game? I yes. did not see that game at all. Awful is a – oh, man, that's rough. Well, he was – okay, he wasn't Nathan Peterman. I, for Lamar Jackson, for a two-time MVP, he looked nothing like himself in that game. He was totally out of sorts in that game. They couldn't find Odell Beckham until the fourth quarter. They couldn't. He was not mm. taking off when there were when there were lanes to run. There were no lanes to run. There, Lamar. The entire Chiefs me. line was standing. The half the defense was standing right at the line because nobody would over pursue. But anyway, go the, ahead. The standard is higher for Brock Purdy, or excuse me, for Lamar Jackson in that game, and he, I, I, I thought he was totally out of sorts. 
I mean, completely. To throw the pick in the end zone, you mentioned about the fumble. They were playing like they were down 30 to nothing. They were down 14-7. They Man. were out of out of their minds. And he, he was bad. He was missing guys, missing easy passes, too. I mean, listen. Zay the 300 Fla- yards, don't Z- look at that. Zay Flowers doesn't fumble the ball, and it's a totally different story. He was at that one-yard line. And to me, it was just not an all-time bad Quarterback performance. Uh, yes, I, I don't even. It was honestly. You also not crediting the defense here. They played a really smart game plan by getting Lamar's run lanes out of there. I, a lot of that is on Todd Munkin. Why wasn't he handing the ball to Gus Edwards? I, I don't. Whatever. I disagree with you on that one. Listen, all time awful. What? It was bad for Lamar. It was bad for considering the stakes, the having the home field advantage, the being favored at home, the season that he's had. This was a, an awful game for him. I, he didn't. He, I, and there were a lot of people who didn't step up in the game, but Lamar definitely has to wear this one. 855 212 4 CBS, 855 212 4227. We get a new coaching hire in the NFL. We'll bring you the latest on what's going on with the Seahawks next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone. AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Getting a little little sentimental, a little sad. Because unfortunately, this read is probably going away in two weeks. What the heck are we going to do when football goes away? <laughs> Without AutoZone? Without Auto- well, well, AutoZone can live. come back, but yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna, how I'm going to structure my life come <laughs> 11 days from now. It's just going to be wandering around the house on Sunday uh, wishing it was football season. You get like pre-depressed about yeah. the season ending? That did happens see, with me too. Did you see the Saturday Live skit where it was, uh, they did a musical to open the show last week with the CBS crew, people playing the CBS crew, and they were just uh, all in tears uh, singing, I'll never forget you, because they have nothing to do after the season. <laughs> there is a, I mean. I get that with all seasons, by the way. I get that. I do feel, and the end of a TV show or TV series, I get uh, sad, too. Yeah, maybe that one, too. But, if you know it's ending forever, like Curb, your enthusiasm is going to be ending. Yeah, now, yeah. When Succession ended. The last episode will always get to be a bad Although the show. last episode, for a lot of series, is totally Sucks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard. Always underwhelming. It's really hard. Really hard to land the plane on a series that we all loved for a long time. Right. Seinfeld was a disaster, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't. I mean, it's funny. You know what came up recently? Mash. The last Mash is the most watched non-football game in the history of TV. Still, even still, better than Cheers. Yeah, wow. it beat all of them. But nowadays, and that'll never be top. These are only three networks now. I have no idea. Is there one show that landed the plane on this? Breaking Bad, I think, landed the plane pretty well. Okay. People love the end. Well, the Sopranos finale was, you know, very controversial, but I think people enjoyed it. The best series finale that I've ever seen was the last Six Feet Under. Oh, that's that's one that always sticks out to me. That was amazing. I'll tell you some of the worst. Another one besides Seinfeld, which is the famously bad one, Lost. Loss was oh, a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. It's like, you got to be kidding me. They're all dead. My, oh. I felt bad for my parents. They loved that show. They would talk about it all week, and they just stopped talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't you talk about it anymore. And it was an all-time great show, and we used to tape it on an actual tape in college. This makes me feel old. He's like, I, literally, I, mean, I don't think we had DVR because I, I don't think we could afford it. But anyway. Uh, but the thing about Lost 2 is now everyone says you don't want to be like the Lost finale. I know. That's how bad it it's is. It's like, oh, they all died in the plane crash? This whole thing was some, some kind of weird fever dream? Or I don't even know. 
Hmm. There's got to be like Did I just oh, say yeah, spoiler yeah. <laughs> in 2004. There's got to be an all-timer <laughs> like the perfect ending. Uh you're saying I don't think we've quite gotten it. You're saying Six Feet Under, but I don't know if everyone knows that show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a popular show, but that the ending of it was what made it so good. Just wrapped up everything nicely. So, I mean, do you do you know the show? It's about a talking about spoiler alert. Yeah, so I mean, it's about a funeral. I mean, that's where it started at. It's about death, and then you see all the characters how they die. Oh, over a sixty-year span. Yeah. Wow, it was just it was just really really well done. It's totally heartbreaking. Yes, I thought Mad Men was good at the end because it was all about oh. advertising, and then it ends with like the most famous advertisement was, in the world. With that, that was well done. That Coke commercial. The office the finale also was really good. What you happened know, in the office? Finale? I stopped watching the office I after Michael Steve Carella comes back to uh, the uh, what's the name Dwight's wedding. Oh, that sounds amazing. I, I think I really <laughs> gotta watch that when I watch that scene when he comes back. I tried with Idris Elba. I tried with uh, the other guy. Well, uh, James Spader was James in, Spader. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Anyway, little Will Ferrell in there was the boss at one point. Yeah, that was, that was hard. <laughs> they were searching. Wait, and, what happened in the last Cheers? I, I remember that's iconic too. I mean, they like closed Sam, the bar. Yeah, Sam turns off the lights. Yeah. By the way, according to good. Collider, the number one uh, series finale of all time is Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, the uh, the ten six feet under was number four, so can I did I ever tell you guys my Breaking Bad finale story? Because actually ties into the Super Bowl. I can't imagine now. I have to hear. This. Okay, so Super Bowl in New York. It's a while ago. Working for Sports Illustrated, and we're doing Radio Row, and I was behind on Breaking Bad. So everyone else was going for the season finale, mm-hmm. series finale, and I was like still on season two. So I was way behind. So we book Aaron Paul. On Radio Row. Because you get celebrities, you know, coming around. Aaron Paul's, like, riding this high off of Breaking Bad. So I'm trying to binge the heck out of this mm. thing to get to the end. Because it's all anyone's talking about. So I try to watch as much as I can. I fall dreadfully short. It's the day before the interview. And I just said to my producer, just tell me everything. Just tell me every part. Just spell it out for me as in much detail as you possibly can. Because I'm never going to be able to watch all of these and get it done. So we sit there for 40 minutes, and he just tells me everything that happens at the end. Aaron Paul cancels. Oh, no. <laughs> I never interviewed him. So oh. I never went back and watched it because I already know the end. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway, a horrible finale in itself. <laughs> that's a bad personal <laughs> finale for me. Bogish. Hello, sir. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Your headlines are sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Have you tried the lasagna? It's my favorite. A night of returns in the NBA. All love and applause in Portland with Damian Lillard back in town for the first time since being traded to Milwaukee. It was a fun game. You know, I think these types of games, you know, where it's just... It's a lot of meaning, you know, it's a lot of emotion to it. It's always a, a fun game. It's always competitive. You know, these games are never just a, a boring game or a blowout. It seems like it's always just a little bit more juice in them. Ah, Bilotti loves the juice. Uh, it might have been <laughs> fun, right. but it wasn't a win for Dame and his new friends. Lasers down one. Ten on the shot clock. Simons dances around up top. He takes off. He drives, steps through, runs it up and in. Anthony Simons with 17.6 left. Milwaukee takes a timeout. They advance the ball. 
That's Travis Demers on Blazers Radio. Lillard's protege, Anthony Simons, the go-ahead hoop in a 119-116 win. Lillard had 25 points and 7 assists. In Brooklyn, some cheers, some boos for Kevin Durant. Unlike Lillard, KD was a winner, scoring 33 in a 136-120 Suns victory. Even though I love these people here, I love to shut them up because it was some, it was some, it was some annoying people just trying to get my attention. I hate you, KD, but not look over. I love you, ah. man. <laughs> and they got my jersey on, you know. So uh, it's good to, it's, like I said, it's all. It's all good for the game, that relationship you got with the crowd. Phoenix is now one nine. As if he wasn't annoying here. Eleven. Yeah. Miami snapped at seven games, skid oh. 115-106 over the Kings, 31 for Jimmy Butler. Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 34, the Thunder down the Nuggets, 105-100. Nikola Jokic did not play with lower back pain. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving out for the Mavs. They lost in Minnesota, 121-87. What, what excuses did they make up for Luka and uh, Kyrie Irving? Luka, I think, his ankle and Kyrie's thumb or vice versa, but those are the two body parts in question. Lower back pain. This is insane. Lower back pain sounds kind of bad, actually. Yeah, right. yeah. That lumbar. Oof. Oh, come on. He, anything, there's no injury. This is all fake, right? Well, Bogus, you say... do these updates. Kyrie's been hurt, I think. For, I got it. Luka probably was just faking it, yeah. I mean, for uh, going back to Jokic with the lower back pain, they can't be like DNP Serbian horse race. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Serbian triple crown. Sure. <laughs> the league frowns upon that. What's the Belmont in Serbia? <laughs> uh, the NBA made dreams come true yesterday. The draft is finally expanding to two nights. Round one on June 26th. And then surprisingly, round two's the next night. So clear your calendars. Teams wanted more time to make picks in both rounds. And the other thought of expanding or pushing round two into a second night, it gives teams more time to maybe make moves in and around the draft. I love this. I Do think you? yes, because here's the thing. This is the one of the big problems about the NBA draft. For some reason, the NFL doesn't have this as much, is you can't keep up with the amount of trades going on, and everyone's wearing a different hat than they're eventually going to go to, and it can get confusing. Why don't we have like a moment to sort of catch our breath at the end of the first round? <sighs> All right, let's digest what happened and see if any trades happen before day two. This is cool to me. I cannot stand this. But do you even all. watch the second round? It's yes. so late on the I'm East Coast. I'm an NBA draft nut, so yeah. okay. of course I watch the whole draft. But no, it's I like, hate this because you have first of all, what's going to happen to the players who they better invite ten guys? Because what's going to happen to the players that go to that first night, don't get picked in the first round because that happens in the green room, and then you're going to go to the South Street Seaport, ESPN Studios. Listen, get, they're not going to let them go walk across the stage there. Talk about talk to Geno Smith about it. Sometimes you got to come back the next day in a different outfit. That that creates intrigue. It's terrible for the guys. Right, I feel it's terrible bad for them. But it creates intrigue for the viewer. And isn't that what this is about? I think I just think that this is a moment for these young men, and I think they're taking away a lot from those guys, and also the guys who sometimes they're guys who just buy a ticket and sit in the stands. Giannis co- did that actually. Right, Giannis right. was sitting in the stands as, an own, as at his own draft, right? And they just come down and they and they shake. You know, whether it's commissioner's hand in the first round yeah. or Mark Tatum's hand in the second round, and now that's gone basically. I don't think so. I mean. Well, the I mean, second round is going to be at the ESPN. Are they going to invite second round picks? And maybe. that's not going to be the same well, as walking across the Brook, uh, Barclays Center. You don't get to walk across the stage. I'll grant you that. But you're at a television network. You can do an interview. You can still have your moment. I just I, I, the interview part, I guess. But I, I just think that there's something special about being able to walk across that stage. And now a lot of young men won't be able to do that. Wow. You're not going to like this take, EJ. 
I think you're kicking the carcass of an event that died 15 years ago. I mean, nothing has fallen off in my lifetime. Whoa. More than the NBA draft used wow. to be. Holy 20 it. years. The NBA yeah, draft, nothing has fallen off like the NBA draft. And you know, watch the ratings. I mean, it used to be Chris Webber would get up there. Now it's some G League dude. No offense, but the <laughs> NBA draft is, has lost all its glory. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yama was always talked about last uh, year. I've seen, uh, oh, through the years, the NBA draft, the ratings have plummeted. Like, because it, the NBA obviously has a problem. Look at this year's draft. There's just no no one's going to college, so the draft is not like football at all. It's hard. Football, we never watched Scoot Henderson, so it's a little difficult. Yeah, the NFL draft gets more popular every year in the NBA draft generally, except for maybe Wemby gets less popular every year. It's just not the same event. I mean, it's, I, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you right, do one day or two days. Nobody they're cares. Make, they're trying to make this a bigger event with this. I don't think this helps. I think this yeah. makes this worse. I think just being so close to the finals at the end of June is a bit of a – just doesn't feel, I don't know, like we never pay that much attention because we're so keyed up about the finals where the NFL has this three months of nothing to do but talk about the draft. You know, what We if, don't even do that much draft anymore. I know they can't do it because the, the season won't be over, but would it be a better product if it was coming right off the NCAA tournament? Again, I know a lot of guys don't play in college anymore, but maybe because like we don't know these guys as much in college basketball as we do in college football because they don't have to be there that long. Maybe if we we're coming right off of college basketball's biggest crown jewel? I mean, Would that I help? I don't Maybe. think it helps baseball that it's in the season. Oh, baseball yeah, right. draft has never really been a thing. Yeah, right? so I, think they've done, I think, I mean, I don't, don't know if Vogue's going to come I think years. they've done some good things to try to make it a bigger yeah. thing. Um, and they have, and it TV, they, have a, they have it at a TV network. No, now they have it at All-Star Weekend. Yeah, that's like oh, the two yeah, or three years old. really cool, uh, actually. Yeah, but the problem is, again, you... No one shows up the next year or immediately in the ba- in the majors. That's what that draft. They can yeah. never fix that part of it. Yeah. Is that you're not going? Oh man, he's my second baseman. In when I get to April, yeah. Also, not everybody comes up. And not some people choose college. Right, that still happens. Yeah, there's yeah. that too. Yeah. One thing this year, I, you can't argue with this, EJ. The WNBA draft is going to blow away the NBA draft. They we're not even. They're not even going to be the same. You have stars all over this WNBA yeah. draft, and there isn't a single soul outside of you that knows anybody in this NBA draft. No, everybody knows NBA teams, though, so people will still be interested. Yeah, but wait till Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers get into this draft. That is going to be a big deal. Oh, of course it will be. Yeah. Because the NBA, and the NBA is, what are they saying it's one of the worst drafts in 10 years? This one is not a good one. It is really bad. And two days, I agree with EJ, though. I think two days is going to... Is going to be a problem. I think the second day is going to be really boring. Get, get no one's going to watch round two. Get your tickets for day two. That's where I want to be. <laughs> you want to sit there next to Greeny at this, oh, the ESPN studio? No way. You couldn't pay me for the Frisco Steaks to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the we Frisco's. Could, we could probably pay you. But Maggie's right, though. I mean, the, the big problem is people can't keep track of the trees, and people can't keep track of where anybody's going, and this doesn't fix that. That's no. the problem? You're saying that's <laughs> yes, the problem? That it's the not problem. the fact that nobody's seen Osser Thompson play basketball before? <laughs> no, no, no. A lot of people who watch draft complain that they're watching guys go up there and they don't know who it is. And that is a problem. And if they are not fixing that, which they're not with this, because those trades won't be official. Still, adding two, three minutes to a pick doesn't make a trade more official than it I, was before. I think the trades add drama. I think those are, that's actually an interesting part. The no, fact that these guys have not been in front of us is, I think, the bigger problem. Well, the trades are great. It's just not knowing what's happening. Because yeah. people are like, wait, that's not our guy? Like, I just saw Jalen Duran put on a Knicks hat. He's going to the Pistons. How did that happen? It's also the irony is that they're not it's the NBA is such a star driven league yet guys are coming to the league and no one knows who they are. It's yeah. like they, the, the NBA makes them into stars, but you know, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Webinyama, but nobody watched Webinyama. If you're a regular, not even casual, if you're a regular basketball fan, 
Unless you're really looking for the YouTube highlights. You haven't seen what. Well, I mean, it's right. It's a European players in G League, and they're not playing college. And if they do play college, they play one year. So that that is, you know, I feel old saying this, but that's why the NBA draft is not compelling right. to fans anymore. I, except for EJ, EJ, I will give credit. All year round, that dude's an NBA draft pick for real, for real. So yeah, it's really good. The second uh, second rounder that's going to Portland, you can tell us who he is. Uh, in the chat, <laughs> Bucky Cheese says Nabisco steaks. No, Pete said Del Frisco steaks. Del Frisco's. <laughs> I don't think Nabisco has a steak department. That would be nasty. <laughs> nasty um, Chips Ahoy steak. It'd be a dessert steak. <laughs> they let you into Del Frisco's with your steak no, preferences? That, no, oh. no, they sent me right out. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh. Uh, well so done. With your seasonings, Garcon. <laughs> You're looking for the fast food joint down the road. You're looking for Nabisco steak. That's right. <laughs> Around the corner from FAO Schwartz. Uh, Mike McDonald is not the only defensive coach leaving Baltimore. Secondary coach Denard Wilson will be the Titans' new D coordinator. Mm. McDonald takes over the Seahawks. Men's college hoops, top-ranked UConn downing Providence, 74-65 for a nine-game win streak, but 10th-ranked Kentucky losing in OT at home to Florida, 94-91. Women's number 2 K-State saw its 14-game win streak end, 66-63 to Oklahoma. This is the seventh loss by the number 2 team in the country this season. Wow. And this is a big hockey trade, I swear. Uh, Calgary sending pending free agent center Elias Lindholm to Vancouver for three players and two picks, including a first-rounder this summer. Guys, back to you. By the way, I think just from house cleaning. 2023 NBA draft was the most watched draft ever on any network, according to Nielsen. So, Wemby. Wemby. Power was, Wemby. Yeah, so. Can you draft it again this year? <laughs> I hope so. Put him back Put in. Put him back in. Go back to France. <laughs> Come many, back over. How many people are we talking about? Like, uh, uh, we're first talking round about. was average viewer 4.9. 4.9 million. That's the most ever. You just said nobody was watching. There's, there's never been an NBA draft with more I'm than 4 reading, million viewers. That sounds impossible. Nielsen, I'm reading the Nielsen thing. 4 million. That's like a Vikings-Bears game in week 8. <laughs> What's going I'm on here? just reading what I'm telling you. I'm just reading the article. Don't kill the messenger. That didn't sound right. When you You're telling that. me when C. Webb and Sean Bradley and Penny Hardaway were in the draft, they could get more than 4 points. Okay. <laughs> I, that's interesting. This is what ESPN put out. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, coming up, we do get to this NFL news. Seahawks make a hire. So how quickly should we expect them to be a contender? 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Seattle Seahawks make a hire. We'll get to Mike McDonald taking over that team in a moment, but Boz is in the Bay Area we were talking about the NBA draft is now going to be a two-day event, so mark your calendars. But, Baz, you don't love it. 
I'm sorry. Good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing great. You don't love the two-day NBA draft, I said. Well, it's not that I don't want the two-day NBA draft. I'm just looking at it from like a global standpoint, right? You know, if I'm the NBA, how am I going to attract more viewers on an NBA draft? How can I hype it up, especially with like the international players? Yeah. Doing something like in a two, three-hour window on a Thursday night, you're not attracting your viewers. And I'm saying viewers outside of America. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, globally, you're looking at China, India, both at a billion people. Do you get more viewers there? You have more viewers watching your, your draft, right? Um, the growth of the league, if they were to do it, this is the year for them to do it. Like you guys just mentioned recently, there's not that many uh, star-studded talent coming out of possibly out of college this year. So by initiating it this year, it's allowing the NBA to prove to its fans, look how we're improving this for you guys. Look at the experience. And now look at all these international players we have that are going to be part of this draft. We have to also remember... A Wait, kid hold on, but Baz, what, what, what? How, do, how do you get that international audience? Like, it's 7.48 a, uh, p.m. right now in Beijing. So should we have the draft right now? Yeah. Like, how do you want to rope those well, players? How do you want to get that audience in? True fans will wake up in the middle of the night and watch that draft if they wanted to. I mean, we, we here in America, we wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning to watch international soccer games, right? right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. so it's, 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 remember, it's all about that. It's just to get those viewers. And okay. it just builds that hype to be the best of the best league across the globe, right? I so guess so about it from that yeah. And you think Bronny and Cooper Flag, these guys? I mean, we we have people coming in. Baz, thanks so much for the phone call, dude. We have stars in college basketball. The question is, is Bronny actually gonna be a a highly ta- a coveted prospect? I mean, ever since his health issues, I feel yeah. like we kind of put that on the back burner for Bronny. Yeah, no, it's funny. Cooper Flag is what we got right now. He hasn't even got to college. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it. It college is. College we all wake up to in March. But don't a lot of uh, people consume the NBA uh, on YouTube and sure. other things? So maybe maybe there's a lot of consumption that happens after the fact in China. Because you're right, the live live is not going to work timing-wise. Uh, the inter- And, you know, there's one thing that has been proven throughout sports. Uh, American TV audiences love when international players take over a sport. That's their big thing. Like baseball, it's been done nothing but been a dream for TV well, ratings. I think <laughs> baseball and a couple other things as well. Uh, okay, Mike McDonald gets hired by the Seattle Seahawks. That becomes official yesterday. Perloff, you love the hire. I did. Did I say I love the hire? Oh, I'm asking. You love the hire. Oh, or you do not love the. Hire? I like the. <clears throat> okay, I like the hire. I like going young. I don't care that he's defense in an offensive league. I am just a little bit worried about what Seattle's doing. Where are they going? So my problem is, who's the quarterback? And what, if he's a defensive head coach, he needs a great quarterback there. And what's their path towards getting a quarterback? Feels like they're stuck in limbo a little bit. They're going to be an 8-9 win team. And I'm not sure that Mike McDonald, combined with Geno Smith, gets them where they want to go. Okay, but you know, if you have enough offensive weapons, Geno Smith could be Brock Purdy. I mean, Geno Smith has the ability to distribute to great playmakers. I I think this is good for the Seahawks. Um, Well, let me put it this way. I don't think the Seahawks are that far away. I mean, last year they made the playoffs as a seven seed. They lost, obviously, to Brock Purdy and to those 49ers. But I I see them being in the mix next year. Well, big difference is, though, Brock Purdy has Kyle Shanahan as his coach and play caller. 
what do you do? That's a huge question for Mike McDonald. And at this point, where at the, you know it's February, where are you getting this offensive genius? I'm not sure that that's an easy find either. No, I mean that's the whole thing about hiring some of these. I, I don't know if it matters if it's a younger coach or not. Who are you bringing with you, and is that person just as inexperienced as uh, you? I mean, it worked in Houston with Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryan's, but there's all there are a lot of variables here. You know, Mike McDonald. You're looking, is there any reason you're going to look at Seattle as a Super Bowl team next year? I think with Geno Smith, you say that Geno Smith can be Brock Purdy, but I think, first of all, he's a bit of a, they might they might not even keep him. They can cut him without a huge dead cap hit by February 16th. So we don't even know if Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback. Do you take a second rounder? Do you take uh, his guy, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan? Mike McDonald was on the team in Michigan. Yep. I, I'm not just not sure where you're headed right now. It's not a clear-cut situation. I think that's why Ben Johnson might have said, ah, I'm good. And the Sorry, the Lions coordinator who reportedly turned down this job, I, I think it's not the hottest job to me. I, I like this from the defensive side is because this is a defensive coordinator who has had success against Kyle Shanahan offenses. And those are the offenses that are all over the league right now. I mean, it was a close game against the Rams with Sean McVay when they came to Baltimore, but Miami wasn't close. San Francisco wasn't close. I mean, they did a great job. And then if you look at the offensive side, sure, we don't know who they're going to hire as the offensive coordinator. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo when he's healthy. You obviously have the running game, Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet. I mm. I like this. Their offensive line is good. I mean, they really took the Russell Wilson trade and maximized it, I thought. It, th- these are the Charles Cross being first and foremost, where you have your left tackle now of the future, and I believe that was part of one of the picks from the Russ trade. Yeah, but by the way, how long are you going to be able to keep DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN? Eventually, you're going to have to pay those guys. I think Lockett's, well, okay. getting, Lockett's yeah, JSN getting pretty is old. super young. Yeah, yeat young but I'm saying uh Lockett I think has gotten old right he's he's like he's in his 30s so he'll fall off those weapons have been great and they still and they've been a good offense but what does that translate it to so you I I don't know I, I'm not as high on them as you are I think the offense is going to be good and McDonald will help the defense but until they really have like the quarterback and commit to this guy and build around him I'm not sure where they're going eight five five two one two four CBS you know we're on in Seattle love to know how people are reacting to the new hire, Mike McDonald. You go from one of the oldest coaches in the league, Pete Carroll, and is at 72 to the young, one of the youngest coaches in the league, 36 years old. The youngest. Now. The youngest. Wow. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, the latest with Aaron Rodgers. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.